What's up, everybody? This is Fred Ricciani. We have right here on the line a very special guest joining us from beautiful Norway. You may know him from The Last Kingdom. You may know him from Captain Marvel. We are talking to actor Room Tempta. How's everything going? Thank you very much. Yeah, up in Norway now, it's dark outside. It's uh, getting close to nine o'clock in the evening. So I'm uh, basically staying indoors. The snow is coming, everything is cold, winter is coming. No, everything was great. Just a joke. <laughs> winter is in, indeed coming in the New York area and already in, in Norway. But another thing that's coming before we get to your decorated career is A Boy Called Christmas, the new Netflix film that is dropping, I believe, November 24th in the United States and throughout the world, November 26th. Can you talk a little bit about that upcoming film and your role in it? Yeah, I mean, uh, I play a character called Andreas. He's uh, part of the big story, the big adventure. This is going to be a whole family uh, Christmas movie. I think it's going to be an iconic movie, something that you guys going to watch every Christmas. And when you look at the cast, obviously, there's a lot of good things to look forward to, but mostly uh, the story is uh, originally original story from Matt Haig, a novel from the um, British author. So many of you would know this book, obviously, and a lot of children around the world, they love it. It's, it's, uh, it's an original story about a fantasy, about how Father Christmas came along. So, you know, it can't be better than that, just before Christmas, right? Absolutely. And I, I personally love Christmas. I love Christmas movies. And I, I'm not an actor, but I would imagine as an actor, somebody who's already been a part of some big productions, it's kind of cool to be a part of a Christmas movie, right? You could technically become a part of somebody's tradition every year. Exactly. No, I mean, uh, you know, 40 years, uh, I'm not sure if I'll be there, be here in 40 years, but fingers crossed. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, it's, it's still going to be there. It's something that uh, the children and the children's children is going to watch. So this is good. And um uh, I think this movie has, uh, I'm sorry, I have to say, it has a great potential. You know, I'm in it, so hopefully uh, everything will go down well. But it has this fairy tale sense. And um, Gil Keenan, the, the, uh, the uh, director, I mean, he, he's an artist. And, they, you know, they have all the resources they need to make this into a huge, huge, epic fantastic uh, movie for for the whole family so i think um it's a great thing and and you say i'm up in norway now um obviously all the way up in north um yeah getting closer to the north pole where the history goes that's where uh, santa claus lives right or actually finland they also say he's from finland but you know it's all it's all it's all promo it's all <laughs> it's all commercial so up in the north pole Anyway, so uh, Gil Keenan, uh, uh, the director, he traveled a lot in, in Lapland, up in the north of Norway, to find inspiration. And you can, you can see this very clearly in the movie. So, uh, and uh, I could go on for half an hour with name dropping in this movie. But as you know, it's uh, Maggie Smith, it's um, Sally Hawkins, it's Christian Wieg, Jim Broadband. So, you know, it's, it, it it's all looks good, and I hope you'll see it. It was a great uh, adventure. I mean, uh, Gil Keenan, he saw me in uh, Edit Eagle, a movie I did with uh, Christopher Walken and uh, Taryn Edgerton, and uh, the one and only 
Hugh Jackman. Uh, he saw me in that and said, uh, you know, basically, uh, when I got this project, I knew you were going to be in it. And, you know, as an actor, a compliment. So uh, joining the, this fantastic cast, we filmed out in Prague in um, uh, Ban uh, Barando Studios. Iconic, also very historical um, studio out there in Prague. So uh, yeah, it was um, it was a big uh, big event for me, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I think the story is something that will bring joy and excitement and uh, thrilling experiences to uh, to audiences around the world. We were talking off the air. Speaking of Netflix, you were involved in the early part of the great hit series the last kingdom which is now making its way to its fifth and final season but we also heard that there might be a, a little movie coming out in the near future as well before we get to the movie can you just kind of describe your experience on the last kingdom and your thoughts on its success up to this point <clears throat> what can i say it's um uh, you know in your career there's a couple of times there's projects that comes your way and there's characters that comes your way that this is it this is your this is your character this is everything coming together and with the last kingdom this was this kind of character this kind of project i play a, <laughs> a danish viking uh it looks kind of like me he has a big tattoo here and uh, <clears throat> the badass other exactly and he's a little bit more rough than i am obviously uh, but you know today i'm putting my smile on. But anyway, so uh, Uba is, uh, is a great warrior, Danish Viking. And for me, everything was coming together. I mean, basically, I come from Viking background. This is in my DNA. So uh, I was very fortunate to be in that and with the production uh, Carnival, um, obviously going. Yeah, they were with BBC to uh, BBC America in the beginning. So we had a big um, uh, PR thing there in Los Angeles and uh, I think there were high expectations because they, the whole series is based around Bernard Cornwall's great novels, right? So, but um, starting off saying this one of these projects, I remember to, uh, when I saw the first episode uh, doing some ADR in, in London and yeah, I just tried, I, I, um, I saw the face of Tom Taylor, the actor who plays uh, the young Uthred, the, the lead. Uh, Uthred is the, the lead uh, or the um, played beautifully by Alexander Raymond and he's the, the, the character you follow through all five seasons but Tom Taylor, the British actor he plays uh, Uthred uh, uh, as a young boy and I remember the opening scene uh, sitting there in the sound studio I saw his face looking out towards this danger of the Vikings coming towards him and I just started to cry it was... I just, it was all in his eyes and I, I had this feeling that with all this talent and all this uh, effort that we put into this project, it was going to be huge. And now, as you say, and I thank you for that, that it's been a huge success. And after Netflix took over, obviously it has grown into being yeah, not as GOT, uh, but, you know, still we are up there. And, and to be honest and... All the fans of Last Kingdom knows that this is something completely different from Game of Thrones, right? Oh, totally. As a huge Last Kingdom fan, who's also a huge Game of Thrones fan, who's also a huge Vikings fan, all great shows, but uh, yes. very, di very different. And it's interesting because it came out around the same time as those shows. And 
you know, on the surface, you'd look at it and be like, okay, this is just uh, another, you know, series trying to cash in on the trend, but no, it, it is its own series. And I love that you mentioned that the, the show made you emotional in the first episode. And I really feel that way. Uh, whenever I watch any of these episodes, whenever I watch these seasons uh, mm. from the scenery to the great acting to the sound design as well, the composition, I just recently interviewed uh, the composer, John Lund. Oh, really? Did you? Ivor. Oh, yeah. Great and he's, guy. He, he, yeah. Great guy. And he was talking about his work with Ivor and how they yes. both collaborated and, yeah, I mean, sometimes for me when I'm working out or just need to meditate, I do listen to that soundtrack and it just gets you in the zone. It's a, It really is just like an amazing experience. If you watch it, especially on a pretty big screen, uh, do it. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, uh, and as you say, I, I remember we, we had the, I don't think, I think I had friends over when we saw the first episode on on, on, on television here and, and you just hear the intro with his music and Eivor with, with her uh magic uh, voice and and the sounds is it's it's great obviously i would say that because i'm in the show but still it's something unique uh, and um when you see how the the dop the the how it's filmed you know uh, i think it's in four or maybe five of them all of them is done uh, uh, this uh, the dop is called uh, chess bane and it's like you're in there with everything. You, you're in there in the cheetah wall. Uh, you know, you're in there in the fight. And he could hold the camera for 14 minutes. So he was at the time. So he was always trying to be there with us. And this is it's quite unique for us as actors as well, because the camera, the cameraman and the camera will move with us, you know. So you can see also a lot of this is very organic you know of course a lot of it is uh, pre-arranged uh, and everything uh, but uh, you can also see that we are enjoying the being in that flow and some of the scenes i mean in the shield wall and uh, in the first episode is really remarkable because you can see the camera is actually there next next to the the actor or the character i have to ask you this as a last kingdom fan and for all the last kingdom fans watching and listening I don't know what the timeline is of the movie as far as like when it takes place in the story, but can you give us any hints on maybe if you're going to be involved or not? Oh, you know, I wish I could. I, I uh, actually, I'm quite close with uh, both the producer and uh, one of the executives, but uh, I don't know really. I, I wish I, I wouldn't know. I mean, there's two options, right? Either they move on or they bring all of us back, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know which one I want. <laughs> I, I think I know what, what fans would, would like to, especially wa watching this. That, that's so what, crazy. What, what, yeah, because since we passed away or since we went to Valhalla, we've all been preparing for the big fight there with Odin and Freya, eating, feasting and training for the big fight. So maybe they should do a Ragnarok, the end of the world scenario, even though there's more, so many of them around, <laughs> around the globe now in different plots and movies, but still the Viking Ragnarok, I'm not sure if it's... It has been done maybe in the first Thor Marvel movie uh, from Ken Branagh. Uh, he has a bit of Ragnarok there, but uh, I think uh, so. I'm well prepared. I, I've been uh, Uba. He's been training and with Odin since he went to Valhalla. Would well, you hear that, Utrid and in, in, in Carnival Films and Netflix? He, he's ready. Uh, he's ready. <laughs> I'm ready, uh, Alexander. I'm ready to do that fight again if you want. Now, it's hard to believe it's it's been a couple of years now since Captain Marvel came out. Obviously, yeah. we've, we've had this crazy pandemic. It feels like time is just a flat circle these days. Uh, you played the, the popular Bronchar in the film. 
super high grossing film. I believe the first actor from Norway to ever be a part of the MCU. And as we know, when, whenever you're involved with a huge production like The Last Kingdom or MCU or both, your life changes forever, usually for the better. So can you talk about how your life has changed for the better in the last couple of years since being in Captain Marvel? I come from the theater. I've been an actor for 30 years now. So when I got Camp Last Kingdom, I was, you know, I'd done Hamlet, uh, Oberon. You know, I've been rolling around on the floor trying to pretend uh, to be a fish in the ocean. I don't experience every kind of theater. Uh, you know, you played for uh, children, grown-ups. You'd been in the schools. I mean, basically done everything in the book, right? Mm -hmm. um, and obviously building my career in, in Scandinavia and Norway. Um, but then something like The Last Kingdom come, comes your way. Uh, was a big break for me, uh, international. Um, funny enough, you were mentioning the Game of Thrones and everyone wanted to, to be in Game of Thrones. So I was there, of course, auditioning as we uh, did then and we still do even more now during the pandemic. We do our self-tapes, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was growing my beard. I was trying to be the big mean man, very hard for me, and trying to get into Game of Thrones. And I was so fed up, I did three or... Uh, another Norwegian great actor, um, you should get him on the show. Christopher got that uh, Giants Bane role. I was mm. obviously up for that as well. And when I didn't get that, I said, you know, sod it. I, I cut my beard. It's all over. You know, I'll go and <laughs> never grow a beard again. And then, of course, the phone rings and that's my agent. Hello, Runa. There's a casting for you. It's a show called The Last Kingdom. And it was like, no, I can't do a Viking without a beard. So, <laughs> so actually, my audition for Last Kingdom was without a beard. So that was a big game changer. And I think what happened was that Sarah Finn's office, iconic casting director, Sarah Finn has done basically all the Marvel movies and some of the other uh, great movies, uh, their office uh, saw The Last Kingdom and they saw this uh, wild um, uh, character, Uba, and um, then I started to do some, uh, I got some some uh, mysterious e emails from my agents saying, could you please audition for, for this? And I said, what? Uh, what is it? It's, uh, ah, we can't tell you. You have to sign the papers and don't call anyone and uh, draw down the curtains and all that stuff. And um, so, yeah, so I did a couple of those and, uh, and then I got one and I was, okay, I sent it, uh, sent a self-tape in and then I got a phone call from my agent and they said, uh, yeah, there's someone in America they want to talk to you. Uh, you are up for a role for Marvel. There's a new movie coming on, uh, coming out, and I thought, you know, are they pulling my leg? You know, the you know is basically the biggest um, um, film franchise in the world, right? So I said, okay, why not? So, so how many people are they seeing? And I said, uh, no, it's. It's just you. They're seeing you, so wow. just be prepared. I think I spent more time setting up the the Skype call with uh, Anna Bolden and uh, Ryan Fleck than I actually did for the whole uh, <laughs> casting. So no, it's been very positive. Obviously, now people know me around the globe as Bron Char and the Star Force, and Marvel is a big family, so we're part of this family, and uh, it's been just uh, from day one great. I was. 
just uh, welcomed in and we had a great time shooting it in LA and you get offers because you have been in this big um, uh, context and uh, uh, show that you could work on this level. And uh, so, um, so it's a lot of things that can be said about that, but I'm, I'm very pleased for all the enthusiastic uh, fans around, uh, around the globe that follows Marvel, obviously. Um, and uh, now they're mixing everything. So, uh, so who knows what's going to happen. And, and it's pretty cool. You've been around for a while and to have a relationship with Marvel, with Disney, with Netflix, how important is that for an actor? Because not only do you get that great opportunity initially, but establishes a connection, a relationship where they want to use you down the road more often. Yeah, you know, how does this industry work? I mean, and how to get into the position and, and you have movie act, you have movie stars and you have working actors. I consider myself as a, uh, as a, as a, as a working actor. I mean, uh, and that, that's still a hard job, you know, you have to go out there. But one thing is for sure, you have to keep this relationship. It's, it's like in every business, it's, uh, of course, it's about what you know, but it's also about who you know, right? Right. So, no, you have to travel, you have to keep, keep it up. I mean, when you get the opportunity, you, you have to use it. And, and I'm, I'm really pleased to, to work with these uh, this, uh, people and uh, when the feedback is we are happy with your work, it's even better. Uh, there's no guarantee they're going to call you back, but uh, it's like they know your face, they've seen your work, and they recognize uh, your name. So that that that's part of the thing, I think. Um, so so, uh, I, but I just have to keep working, uh, uh, and luckily, or. Oh, you know, you have to create. They say in uh, uh, back where you come from, it's like uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity, and uh, mm -hmm. I always have to be prepared. Uh, so it's been really great, and I'm been fortunate to, to work with these big companies. Um, and um, and when the projects are a success, of course, it's even better. I mean, I've been in big projects that that for some reason or, or another, it hasn't got anything to do with me, but still you're, you end up on the uh, editing floor. You know, it happened to all of us, big stars, all of us. So of course, Captain Marvel, what can I say? It's a huge success and, and the last kingdom. So, so uh, it's good. And I think a boy called Christmas will, it will actually go all the way. Excellent. And I love that pin that you're rocking for the people watching. Can you just show us that? Sorry about this one. Yeah, the pen right here. Oh, yeah. I love scrolls. I love it. As <laughs> <laughs> being a, a Kree warrior, you know, we love the scrolls. I, lo I, love the, I love the MCU tie. In. We, we, love, <laughs> we, love, we love a good fight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Not only do you love a good fight, love a good movie, a good series, you also love a good soccer match because based <laughs> on my research on the Google machine... <laughs> I learned that you played professional soccer for years, my friend. I mean, wow. So <laughs> how, how did you go from professional soccer, being a badass on the field, to acting for all these years, to really breaking in and blowing up like you are now? Yeah, exactly. No, it's, um, yeah, soccer is a big thing in Europe, right, as you know. So, no, this, this was my former career. So um, what can I say? It's, uh, it's, a big, <laughs> it's a big move. Uh, but in America, 
you know, you have big uh, sports stars, uh, big stars in the athletic world. They move on to be movie stars in up where I come from. It's not so common. But uh, I did, uh, yeah, I played uh, professional soccer, uh, football as we call it, not like the football football uh, as you have, but we call it soccer. It's picking up in uh, New York and um, and of course in uh, with Beckham, I think he's in, I don't know where he's now, in Miami or maybe he's in LA. Uh, he was in LA. Yeah. So anyway, so it's a big thing here and uh, I, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it and uh, <laughs> I was a rough tackler. That's a surprise, isn't it? So, um, but I had a lot of fun. And I think some of the uh, stamina that I have and you need in this, this industry, because, you know, uh, there's very few of us that's picked up by Marvel or Carnival. I mean, after a week, I mean, there's all, all, always stories of the lucky draw, right? But we have to have a stamina. We have to have a drive. And we have to be able to go in with full force after a, a tackle and uh, 99 rejections, right? So I think this also comes a lot from my, my uh, background as a sportsman, as a, as a soccer player. But when did you realize, like, okay, I want to be an actor? Was that something that you thought of prior to even getting to sports or did it kind of fall in your lap after you retired? No, actually, there was a big scandal here because I retired... Before I, you know, I could have gone on for at least another 10 years, but uh, then, uh, you know, I was uh, tempted or what can I say? I wanted to uh, tell stories. I mean, maybe because I thought I was so funny in the in the changing rooms. I thought I could do the same in front of the camera or on stage. I don't know. You know, I was stupid enough to believe that because it, it's a long journey, right? To be funny among friends and to go and present it in front of a camera of or from a stage it's it's a different thing as we know but uh, i think that was the sparkle and uh, i come from a family with uh, storytellers i mean my dad and his uh, generation that's what they did they told stories you know and and they made jokes and they they remembered from the old days and and going even further back when we go back to uh, nordic uh, mythology and and then also going into the viking era that's how it was passed on the stories and the laws and how to behave all that was uh, word of mouth that was a storyteller so i think it's um, something that's very close to my heart and then so i wanted really to to uh, tell stories and then of course change the world you know how people going eureka i didn't know about that oh my god seeing this movie seeing this uh, this uh, stage play. Oh, oh, really? Is it like that? Of course, when you're 20, 25, that's what you want to do, right? And uh, yeah, I'm still here and I still want to do that. And um, and now, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's very rewarding. And um, so I, uh, my father was very upset. Uh, rest in peace. He passed away two years ago. Uh, but he was a great inspiration. I remember when I came home and I told him, uh, I'm going to quit football, soccer. And he was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. Such a lovely man, such an empathic, uh, uh, caring person and always supported me. And he was, he just, for two months, he didn't say anything. He was just in shock. And uh, <laughs> of course, after two months, he was like all in, all supportive and, you know, but he couldn't believe it. 
How is it possible? You have everything in the world you want. You know, you're, you're straight there. So why going to this business, the risky business of being an actor, unemployed? Or how are you going to survive? How are you going to provide for your family? Will you ever, ever get your own house, you know? So he was very happy when he came to the opening of Eddie the Eagle. And I was uh, picked up with a limousine here in my, my, my neighborhood. And, uh, you know, I had a driver to honk the horn as he drove in seven o'clock in the morning so all the neighbors of course saw the limo coming and picking me up he loved it he loved it a lot so no it's been a long journey but um, uh not looking back i think uh, actually over the years i i tried to um accept that i've been a sportsman and uh, the more i ex- accepted it in, in, instead of trying to distance distance myself from it, because you know, artist and uh, and an athlete in people's mind can it's something different. Even though we have uh, uh, people that can uh, actually do artistic work with their sports, right? But uh, as I ex- accept it more, it's been more fun also. And when you see the characters I do, I mean, I love preparing for uh, Captain Marvel, you know, being in the gym uh, six uh, times um, a week uh, to bulk up, as the email read when I first got the part. That's amazing. And I I love that you really appreciate the nuance of acting. And of course, they call soccer, football, the beautiful game. Not not just because it's a great game to watch, but because of the nuance and everything. And, you know, some people that may not watch soccer may think, oh, man, some of these games are one nothing, two nothing. That that's kind of boring. But when you actually go there live, I mean, it's 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 a beautiful experience. I remember one time onto MLS game. I took my dad to it. It was a tie. Uh, it ended in zero zero. It was like a draw, but it was a great game and it was great defense. It was just so much nuance. So, does your experience in soccer, football, kind of help you appreciate the nuances of acting and everything? Are they kind of similar in that way that the little things make the big things? Yeah, I think so. And uh, this is. Uh... It's also about this uh, community of people coming together to to go th- uh, through uh, uh, towards a common goal. I mean, that's that's a big thing in my life. I think we uh, we are stronger together. Um, and this is maybe strange uh, to say this, but it's true. I mean, you have to give up something from your ego to to actually get to your goal. And this is quite strange because uh, I mean, in both. Uh, um, football, soccer, and the um, uh, movie industry. I mean, we are big individuals with big egos. But I think, you see, when we give it up for a, what should I say, a higher purpose or a, a common goal, you know, winning the game or or making this story come alive, you know, it, it brings something. And that, that that's partly bef- asking me why I, I went into acting and why I quit the football, the great football career. <laughs> no, but yeah, well, you know, it's not like I was playing in Arsenal or, or my favorite team, Leeds United, but you know, in Norway it was on, on the highest level, right? So this is, um, this is what we want to contribute. And um, yeah, it's, it's one of the reasons I actually went into acting, acting that we are doing something together. Um, and as a, a teamwork, and uh, I've been lucky. I've been been fortunate enough to be in <laughs> great teams. Yeah. Are you ready for some random rapid fire questions? Let's do it. All right. What's your favorite late night snack or cheat meal? 
Oh, that's crisps. That's uh, crisps, just plain crisps with salt. Most awkward moment as an actor? Oh, that's uh, most awkward. Uh, yeah, starting to uh, nose bleeding on stage and it didn't stop and I couldn't leave the stage. Oh, man. So it yeah, just that's... kept pouring. And I was going, yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was, and I had no chance to leave the stage. It was, it was awkward and it was really strange. Yeah. Was it a scene that required blood or, or no? Did, did, was it just kind of random? You're like just playing a random Do you role? remember a movie called, what was it called? Was it called Birdie? Was it with John Hurt? They're in a cell, just the two of them. Uh, one of them has been an ex-Marine uh, in Vietnam. Uh, anyway, so this is the story. We did it on stage. And so basically I was telling I was telling a story of how I got injured and, and uh, got uh, my um, private parts blown away. So I'm not <laughs> saying that uh, I, I, I shouldn't be nosebleeding, but uh, it was terrible. Uh, and the shirt, you know, it all got red. And yeah, it's... Um, it's quite, uh, I, it's, it's like a nightmare, you know, when we talk about movies now, another nightmare, of course, is what happened just recently. I mean, that's also a nightmare. This is the th- kind of things that we, we wake up at night and we don't want to hurt anyone on set. We don't want to hurt anyone around us. So this is also, and if something happens to you and you can't really do anything about it, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's terrible also. So it's, I don't yeah, it, but of course, all the things when you say things wrong on stage, you know, and all the audience, especially children, they know the lines and you say something else and they go just, what? <laughs> and they just look at their parents and what? And, what is this actor going on about? You know, it's, this is not our story. We want to go home. That's also very embarrassing. That happened a couple of times. What's your workout regimen like? Oh, yeah, you know, we uh, go to the gym, obviously, but uh, I do this um, in the morning. I also always do um, uh, something called the Tibetans. It's um, five different postures. It's called, uh, some Some people call it, um, uh, it's kind of the life, the, 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 the water of life or the, the sense of life uh, of youth. So there's different uh postures i mean call it yoga whatever but it's a, it's a special system so we do that in the morning it depends also first i need coffee uh espresso uh and then we go into the routine and obviously if i i'm not filming um we do a session in the gym uh when we're doing uh, a boy called no uh Eddie the Eagle, I have a scene there in a sauna, and this was from the eighties, so I had to lose a lot of weight. So then my routine was to get up, just uh, I call it a Hugh Jackman walk, and then just walk for 15, 20 minutes without anything, and that's just to burn fat. And then you maybe go and have some breakfast and then you do some some stretching and you do the workout. But I always try to do something every day. That's, you know, for me, two, three days without doing anything is terrible. So, yeah, yeah. in that, trying to lose weight for the sauna scene, it's quite funny because Dexter Fletcher, which you obviously know by now, iconic actor, 
great guy from uh, <clears throat> another great movie, and uh, oh, introducing a, a villain ex-footballer, actually, in Lock, Stock and Two Barrels. Yeah, yeah. Vinnie Jones. Uh, oh, yeah. he's. Yeah. Oh, that, by the way, that's one of my all-time favorite films. I just recently watched that again. Uh, so did, so yeah. good. <laughs> so good. So, uh, so uh, Vinnie Jones, when we're saying, oh, uh, any ex-soccer players that uh, turned acting? Yeah, Vinnie Jones did. Anyway, so he was in that. Dexter Fletcher was in that. And Jason Fleming, uh, who did a great job in The Last Kingdom, they were all in, uh, <clears throat> in Lock, Stock and Two Barrels. My point being, Dexter was directing uh, Eddie the Eagle, uh, and then of of course after afterwards he's done the Elton John movie, he's done uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. So you know he's moving up in the world, a great guy, and he was always joking because he you know he say he's a Cockney and he was going, oh Aruna, you got to be naked in the sauna, right? You're gonna lose some weight, mate. You can't look like that, mate. You're gonna lose some weight. So, so he was always teasing me. So I was, you know, I was really going for it because, you know, uh, in the eighties we looked different, uh, different bodies. That's and in the seventies even, even, you know, even more different, uh, you know. But seventeen to eighties, it's just that's different kind of life. I don't know what it was, but we looked different. So in the evening. The last thing I would do was to eat uh, fish, cod. So fried cod in the evening, just before I went to bed. You can imagine the kitchen, everything, and then and that's what because then the, the burning of the fat would uh, increase during the night. So yeah. Uh, my wife, she's still here. She didn't leave me. Oh, poor thing. Anyway, God <laughs> so God bless her. So uh, no, it's quite funny. All these things you have to do. Um, with preparation and uh, yeah, I try to do a little bit every day. But your body's feeling okay. The body's good now. Um, uh, good. We're back into training with my uh, good friend Christian Arnason from uh, Icelandic uh, coach. So yeah, he thinks. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's never happy with me, but uh, you know, I do my best. What's the best piece of advice you give anybody for success? Uh, don't be late. Wow. Can, can, you, can you elaborate on that a little bit? And I will confirm, too, that you are not late for this interview. In fact, you were one minute early. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you very much. No, it's funny. You should ask that because I did a masterclass in uh, acting and self-taping. For those of you who don't know what a self-tape is, it's like an audition. You film yourself and you send it in. So I did that for young actors this weekend. And we w went through all the the good advice is how to succeed, but uh, don't be late is one thing, obviously. I mean, uh, if you're filming or whatever, you know, this stealing other people's time. Uh, and they will. And uh, another thing is, um, of course, uh, you never get a second chance to make a first impression is also a thing. Um, but uh, as we mentioned earlier, you need uh, the drive. You need... Uh, you need a purpose. Um, you need to uh, to uh, have stamina. So and uh, the luck, yeah, you can you can rely on the luck, obviously. But uh, as we said also earlier, that means preparation. And if you prepare, if you do the the groundwork, and that's many hours of groundwork in any field of business you do, uh, eventually. Um, the timing will be right, and then 
afterwards people say, that was luck. But you were prepared. So I think that's, that's and um, of course, when we get into uh, being yourself, trying to be true to yourself and trying to come with as most, uh, as, uh, uh, as much as you are as possible in every situation, I think it's, it's a good thing. I mean, of course, you have to navigate in different situations, and this is called social intelligence, but you are still yourself as most as uh, the most you can and the most we know. I mean, this is an ongoing, ongoing journey, right, to find ourselves. But I think people that, uh, you know, that, um, like uh, Roosevelt said, uh, uh, keep your um, feet on the ground and, uh, your, and reach for the stars. So you have grounded people and you, you see them as, as real people, as we say in Norway, Hel uh, and where is being the lumber you, you put in the oven. So this is solid. This is try to come across as a someone they can trust and they they can see you as a whole person. So try to be yourself. I think that's and yeah, I think that's my that's always been my my um, my aim to try as much as possible in every situation. And of course, you have to work hard. You have to get up in the morning, as I tell my son, and do the groundwork. So that's also very important. What's your What's your recipe for success, my friend? Oh, you're asking me this now. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Oh on. man, <laughs> uh, you know what? I I would say, I mean, I, I feel like I'm still on that path, but I would I would probably say, you know, work hard and, and treat people with respect. You know, work, learn to work smarter as well. If you hit a wall. You don't just keep running into the wall. You know, think think of different ways. Think outside the box. Think of different ways. Try try different things. Um, don't be afraid to change paths. Um, be careful of the people you surround yourself with. You want to surround yourself with positive people, not just like-minded people, but people that can bring you up. You never want to necessarily be you know the smartest guy in the room. Um, mm. You do want to have a, a go-to person, whether it be a significant other or best friend or, or both, preferably. Mm. Um, and yeah, I would say like just just very general advice. You know, work work hard, treat people with respect, uh, recognize your talent, hone your talent, hone your craft. Like for me, I, you know, I started broadcasting at a very young age, and mm. it was one of those things where I didn't have there's no manual here. Like I went to journalism school, and it was okay, but there wasn't there was a whole manual. They don't teach you about how to like read a dynamic personality, or anything like that. It wasn't until I got to New York, worked under under people. One of my mentors said, "Fred, you got to take a speech and diction class." I'm like, "What is that?" He's like, he's like, pay for a class and take it. And I was and at the time, I'm like, pay for another class. I just graduated. I should be good. Right. But no, I, he told me, go to the store, get a copy of, you know, of course, backstage magazine, go to backstage, go to the backstage, <laughs> a backstage and find whoever, give them a call and do these classes. And every week, I, every week, and I wasn't making a lot of money at the time as a production assistant, every week I would just be doing the speech and diction classes, doing the speech, doing all the exercises, doing everything else. And on top of that, of course, making videos on top of that, working my quote unquote real job. And eventually, you know, I got a lot better. We've been on TV now for about five years, close to five years on, on Manhattan neighborhood network, shout out to them. So I would say, yeah, just don't be afraid to pivot, uh, work hard, but also work smart and, you know, treat people with respect, be a good person. I know it's hard these days to be empathetic because you really feel what's going on, but uh, I feel like in the long run, that's good. And also don't be afraid to give back as well. Obviously be careful mm. who you surround yourself with, but uh, I, my grandma always told me like, if you give to the world, the world will give back to you. Not that you should expect anything, but it's just kind of like, the, it's just kind of like the way the law works. Wow. 
Are you going to print that in a book and uh, it's going to be <laughs> published? You know what? Maybe in like 10, 10, 15, 20 years that you can, you can write the foreword for it and, you know, sure, we'll, sure. We'll, we'll refer to this interview as a catalyst for it. No, but it's great. And, and what you're saying also, when you get to one level, I mean, it's also a chance that, I mean, they say that successful people, they find solutions and losers, they make excuses. So it's also one stage you have to say, oh, is this right? But you did your, you did your classes, you did your work. That's also something we have to do. I mean, so no good advices. They're great. So thank you, and and also too, I think I should mention. I don't know if you agree with this or not. I've I've been told a few times, uh, don't ever let somebody define what a success is to you. Yeah, and um, I mean, this is now is more true than ever, right? So, and this has to do with the uh, integrity, of course, uh, and our integrity is um, it's everything, really. Uh, you have to keep that. Um, so, of course, uh, and then, uh, yeah, it's it, different levels, and and I think also it's easy to say to uh, to tell an uh, say this to an actor, but um, to get. To the level of success, whatever that is, defined by whoever, don't take it so personally. <laughs> Personal. <laughs> See it as a game. I like that. I like that. And also, you you can only control what you can control, right? You can do a great job in a movie. You know, hopefully that movie's a success. But once it's out the door, once it's in theaters or on streaming, it's out of your hands. I was I was working with this uh, Russian uh, director. This is like coming from a different world, different place in art history, everything, you know. It's basically, you're an actor, you shut up, I'm the boss, you know, I'll tell you what to do. Uh, but yeah, he got results. But anyway, he was talking about these three circles, like your circle is the inner circle, then you have the next circle, that's the audience, and the third circle out there is all the mess out there, you know, we used to call it the papers, but it's different now. Anyway, so all you could take care of is this inner, inner circle. And I worked with him like 15 years ago, and I still use this. I mean, when I'm there at, my, uh, at Sony Studios, work, walking in there, uh, being prepared for two and a half hours, painting painted blue, I'm there walking over to, uh, to the set, passing 250 people, getting in front of the camera, and there is bam, 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 bam. Everyone's looking at you. Oh, what about the cash they invested? What about all the blue pie paint? What can you do? Audience going to... No, I'm there. I'm there in front of this camera. I have this text. I have this story. I have these brilliant actors around me. That's all I can control. That's it. And I think that was a great uh, advice, actually. And I, yeah, it's, that's all we can do. Awesome. Well, Rune, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, getting to know you, learning about your journey. Before we let you go, where can fans find you online and where can they find you next on screen? Yeah, I mean, uh, Boy Called Christmas is coming out very soon. Uh, Netflix all over the world, in UK, New Zealand, maybe Australia. I think they can see it even in theaters. And there's also a great movie coming out uh, in America, hopefully early next year, it's called Wild Man. And this is a great movie. It's a Danish comedy 
and I have to say I, I can't wait for you guys to see it so that's another project and obviously you can see me on Netflix uh, in The Last Kingdom and there's also an American movie coming out in, um, in January and it's called Arctic Void so look out for that and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and um, I'm all yours. Thank you.